0: Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller. We're so glad you're with us today. We're here to educate, not sell you a thing. So we want no hidden agenda when we're talking about money. And we want to make sure we answer the questions that you have. So if you got a question for me, send a, a message to me through Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com or you can go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com and click on Ask Mike a Question. You can send me a question that way as well. So generally get a few questions each week. And some put in the air, some we don't, but we'd love to have, because we want to help educate you. We really want to make sure that you're getting the information you need. And so that's why this is not a uh, uh, recorded program that we play over and over again, the same thing. We, we try to we try to uh, make sure we change it up and give you some good information each week and get some uh, great things lined up in the next few weeks. I think you'll really enjoy one uh, client uh, or two we're going to actually get on the air and they can talk about. What it's like to use a financial planner and what kind of helps you can get and try to give you some ideas at the same, at the same time. Uh, but today and probably uh, next week, we're going to talk and go over a, um, a booklet I ran across. So I've been, I'm moving offices. So I'm going through the different files I have and I've got just uh, an enormous amount of information for my, for the talking money radio program. Now that I've been doing it, this is the 16th year. I've, I save a lot of the material I use because uh, I want to make sure I can go back to it and refer to it if I need to. And also I can see when I did it before and when I can use it again. But I've got enough now. If I didn't get any more information, I could go on for probably another 15 years. Uh, we won't do that. But uh, I ran across a, a publication, a, a booklet, and some of you will re- recognize it. It's called The Way to Wealth by Benjamin Franklin. And it's a little bit of a takeoff of the Poor Richard's Almanac. And it's interesting to me when I was reading through it, how many of the the philosophies, the concepts apply today, just as they did back in 1758, when it was first published, 1758. Because a lot of them are are biblically based. So when you you take biblical promises and you put them in biblical concepts and uh, information, you can. It's timeless. It's always going to be applicable because the those truths never change. And you'll you'll get the idea of what I mean as we go through some of the things that uh, that Ben Franklin talked about in this little booklet. And I'm going to combine it with some information on the Ronald Blue Trust uh, on our website that talks, and you can get access to this. It's just on the main the main website. Uh, and one of the things, the one of the key things I'll use is the five uses of money. So we have our income that comes in. There's only so many places that you can put that money, that you're going to spend that money. It's on your giving, it's on your taxes, it can be savings or investments, debt, and living expenses. That's where your money's going to go. And so, and, and he addresses all those except for the giving in, in this little booklet that he has written back in uh, 1758. So it was written, it's been printed and reprinted, it says here, uh, uh, almost 400 times and translated into almost every language. Now that gives you an idea of how how uh, appropriate, applicable this information is, uh, nothing will, because that certainly does. And uh, so you'll pardon me for reading the first part of it, because I think the first couple of paragraphs will set the tone for the rest of the review that we have on this. So it starts off, Courteous reader, I have heard that nothing gives an author so great pleasure as to find his works respectfully quoted by others. Judge then how much I must have been gratified by an incident I am going to relate to you. I stopped my horse lately, where a great number of people were collected at an auction of merchant's goods. The hour of the sale not being come, they were conversing on the badness of the times, and one of the company called to a plain, clean old man with white locks. Pray, Father Abraham, what think you of the times? Will not those heavy taxes quite ruin the country? How shall we ever be able to pay them? What would you advise us to do? Father Abraham stood up and replied, If you would have my advice, I will give it you in short. For a word to the wise is enough, as poor Richard says. They joined in desiring him to speak his mind, and gathering round him, he proceeded as follows. Friends, says he, the taxes are indeed very heavy, and if those laid on by the government were the only ones we had to pay, we might more easily discharge them. We, We have many others and much more grievous to some of us. We are taxed twice as much by our idleness, three times as much by our pride, and four times as much by our folly. And from these taxes, the commissioners cannot ease or deliver us by allowing an abatement. However, let us hearken to good advice, and something may be done for us. God helps them that helps themselves. Should be who help themselves, as poor Richard says. So um, he, then he, he goes on to say... Um, that poor Richard says, but thou dost love life, then do not squander time, for that is the stuff life is made of, as poor Richard says. So we'll go through some of the, the comments and that he makes uh, in quoting um, the poor Richard's automat- al- al- almanac and also just a different good life um, information. Uh, life uh, experience uh, that you can glean from and say and make maybe make your life better, maybe keep you from doing something that you that you shouldn't be doing. So I just wrote down uh, a lot of the things that he talks about in this uh, Poor Richards or this wealth, or the way to wealth, because everybody wants the way to wealth, huh? In 1758, even reading that that I just read, and there, there, what they were concerned about, the audience was concerned about, was what taxes. Oh, we're taxed so much. Can you relate to that? I think we can all relate to that right now because of where taxes are. So even back then, taxes were a problem. But the bigger problem, as he relates to it, is not so much that, are things that the the government can't help you with, your idleness, your pride, your folly, and all those kinds of things. So so great uh, wisdom that he is gathering here and giving out uh, to these people that I thought was, was good and and when he when he talks about things like and, and there were so many little phrases in here that I had forgotten came from Ben Franklin I didn't remember that they came from him some of them I did but some of them I didn't uh, a a word to the wise is enough so how simple is that which which tells you if if the the word is not enough for you well then maybe you need to look at, at your wisdom and you got to remember that wisdom is different than knowledge. All right. So one of our tags, taglines at Rumble Trust is wisdom for wealth for life. So not, not knowledge, not education for, for uh, wealth, wisdom for wealth. It's taking that education and actually applying it the right way to make your life better and to make, and to make your stewardship better is not just knowing the stuff it's being able to apply the information that you have and using your wisdom to make sure it's better and so saying we're we're taxed twice as much by our idleness, three times as much by our pride and four times as much by our folly. So does that mean tax planning is not important? No. Being a good steward still means that you want that you need to to be as efficient Uh, with your tax planning efficient with how you're paying taxes as possible. And of course, that's one of the things that I think we are well known for. And it's a a forte of ours is the tax planning part that a lot of people just, uh, whether you uh, try to do it on your own or not, there's a lot of things you're not going to know that when somebody's in the business all the time is always looking for tax strategies, not loopholes, (laughs) I said strategies that we can legally use to help someone reduce their taxes uh, that's important because we run into people nearly every week that is not doing something they could be doing to help uh, save uh, themselves money on taxes. So we, we just need to do everything we can to, um, to save taxes, but we don't want to do it just for the tax deductions. I mean, some people won't give a contribution to to anyone unless they get a tax deduction for it. They assume, no, I, I'm, I'm going to give it to an organization. I'm not ever going to give money just to an individual because I can't get a tax deduction for giving money just to the individual. So they just don't do it. So they're letting the tax tag, tax tail <laughs> wag the dog. And and you don't want to do that. I mean, yes, you, you want to take that advantage as much as possible. So you can give to the homeless people and stuff, but give it to Miracle Hill. And instead of giving directly to the homeless person, I get that. and And in many ways, that's a smarter way to do it, because they're going to put controls around that. So many people that you see begging for money uh, don't really need the money. I've seen that before, where they've got they've got their big uh, um, trailer over there that their their motorhome that they're living in. That's uh, you know a very nice motorhome, but then they walk over there and, and look like they're homeless. Some people are truly homeless, and that's fine. But but there are others who who need to have the structure that a Miracle Hill uh, would give them. So, but just don't give money um, as part of that. Just to just to, to get the tax deduction. So yeah, tax planning is important, but I think those other point the points that he made about being careful about your idleness and your pride and your folly, I think that's um, it's so help so helpful. And the the one uh, line that um, is, is, I'm not sure he's got a biblical verse for this. God helps them who help themselves. Um, you know, there's some there's some big philosophies behind that, um, but you know, God is not going to. Uh, uh, determine how much you can help somebody just because they help themselves. But if they're doing it for the right reasons and you've got the right attitude about it and you're doing things uh, to to glorify God, uh, I think God will help but it may not necessarily mean that you're going to be wealthier. That prosperity gospel, you know, that's, that's a whole different show. And it's not part of what we do here. Um, but you gotta be so careful with that because then you can always go back to uh, Job and say, well, wow. Okay. So if somebody had uh, the more they love God, the more the wealth they're going to have, you look at Job and say, wow, he had a lot of troubles and he still stuck to his belief in God. And of course it ended up, um, uh, Uh, blessing him um, double or whatever it was that he ended up with at the, uh, at the end of the book. Um, So you can't say that just, just, um, you know, giving to God's work or giving to people that's going to mean God's going to bless me. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, the, the right attitude and the right reasons for giving, I think is important. So we'll talk more about some things that poor Richard said and, and these five uses of money and throw in a, maybe a Bible verse that support uh, some of those. We'll be back with the second segment of talking money in just a few minutes. Most of you have heard the saying, it's not what you earn, but what you keep. With all of the tax laws and legislative changes, how do you successfully navigate the complex, always changing, and mostly confusing tax system? More importantly, how do you best take advantage of these changing laws in order to improve your financial stewardship and accomplish your goals? Unlike tax preparation, tax planning is a year-round process and should be an important part of your financial plan. It's wise to consider tax reduction efforts in light of your overall goals. At Ronald Blue Trust, Our tax planning process includes things like short and long-term tax projections, understanding tax consequences of financial and life decisions, estimating marginal and effective tax rates to, among other things, avoid that dreaded tax bracket creep. Coordinate with your tax preparer and looking for tax savings opportunities through income shifting, deferring income, deduction planning, and other timing strategies. For more information about our Greenville team and the credentials and experience of each of them, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville, Sherry White, Jeremy Weaver, Scott Clark, and Eddie Holland are the team leaders with a supporting team of certified financial partner professionals working right alongside of them. Feel free to contact any of them directly or give me a call at 1-800-588-7526 and I'll be happy to discuss your situation with you. The phone number again is 1-800-588-7526 or go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. Let's return now to Talking Money. And we are Talking Money. It's just past uh, 22 minutes past the hour. We're glad you are with us today to talk about money, talking about things that Ben Franklin said uh, several hundred years ago that still apply today. It's amazing because they're basic truths. And so I was talking about wisdom and how different that is than just knowledge and knowing something. And uh, so my esteemed colleague and producer uh, Paul Lindsay came in and said uh, he's always thought of it as wisdom is using knowledge correctly. So this week, when you hear him doing the news, you think, "Okay, is he applying this knowledge correctly? Is he?" I will wisdom? make an attempt. I will make an attempt. <laughs> uh, uh, I know you will. Yeah, it's good that you say something every now and then, so people really know you're there. I'm not just yeah, talking I'm about a, this guy. I'm alive. As <laughs> yeah, so he's the one you listen to. He's the one who'll answer the phone call when you uh, call in. He'll just get a little information about you before we get you get you on the air. But the one of the first, I'm just going to get in the order that. Um, Ben Franklin did in this book, The Way to Wealth, uh, this booklet, I really, more like a booklet, 29 pages or something like that, in the order that he brought them. And so he says, poor Richard says, because he's poor Richard, but dost thou love life, then do not squander time, for that is the stuff life is made of. And the next quote, lost time is never found again. And some of these comments that you have to just let sink in a little bit, and they're true, but it's so, and myself included, it's so hard to put that to use. And of course, we can't be robots where we're so efficient with our time every minute of the day. Then I think uh, that's part of being human is is having some flexibility in your time and be able to have the fun just to goof off every now and then. <laughs> you know that it's not always to the grindstone every time. Um, but it's important also to make sure that you're not just wasting time doing things that are so frivolous that it really has no consequence even, even to relax you. Um, I know some people get really addicted to some of these um, video games and they can be very intense uh, but it can take literally hours uh, away from doing something and I think they end up getting more stressed out when, by the time they're through because of the way the games are and because the, the games can be so intense. Uh, so you got to do like my son and daughter in law do with our grandkids, uh, grandsons, and and set time limits. So okay, I'm only going to do this for X amount of time, and then I'm going to go on to something else and get back to something that is more important, uh, so that you're not looking back on your life later on and say, "Wow, I have really squandered my life and I did a lot of these things that I should not have done." And and it applies to business as well. His next comment is, "Drive thy business net not." not that drive thee, so drive thy business, let not that, it's kind of hard to, to read the way they, they wrote back then, let not that drive thee, and early to bed, and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Most of you have heard that saying. Maybe you forgot it was Ben Franklin that's, that said it. And as far as I know, he was the original one that said it. Just like wisdom is using knowledge correctly, is Paul Lindsay. He's the only one we know of that said it. There may be somebody else, but the, he, we're going to give him credit for it. I'm unaware if anyone else right. has said it that way. So, you know, you don't waste time. Um, and, and you don't, I've heard this said before. I mean, people looking back on their life and their business, when they were really a workaholic, and they they were working, you know, from seven in the morning till seven at night, and hardly spending time with their families and so forth, that they look back on the life and say, "Wow, you know, I really wasted. They they wasted the life. They they spent so much time. They really should not have spent that much time in the business, and should have spent more time with their family. And that's one thing. I even though I worked a lot of hours, especially in the early years of, of starting Plan First. And now, of course, merged with Ronald Blue Trust. But there were many, many times when um, I had to work extra hours, a lot of Saturday mornings, not on the radio, but I was, I guess I've always been working on Saturday mornings, just doing different things. Um, And then, but still always being there for the kids' events, uh, make sure you're there when they're uh, at dinner time and so forth, so that you are not letting that business run you you were running that business. And I don't think you'll regret that if you, uh, at the end of your life, if you're looking back and and that's uh, that's the case. So the next thing he says, this was kind of interesting. And I didn't realize that Ben Franklin was the one that said this. Now, there are no gains without pains. All right. And and I think all of us would know some people and usually we, we pick on the younger people. as we get older, we tend to do that anyway, is that they, they want all the things mom and dad have without going through the sacrifices of what mom and dad had to do to get where they are. They forget, they don't see the other things. Same thing with a business owner. I could take my own business as as an example. All the years that we spent uh, struggling trying to get this business and make people aware of what you did. And at the same time, you're trying to improve your own self and your own knowledge and your own wisdom uh, while you're trying to uh, bring on new clients. And and get people to trust you, and then it gradually builds up, and then finally you start getting a little more of an exponential effect on it. And that's why we've had to to add so many staff and and so many good advisors. Uh, you don't want to just add advisors; you want to add people that know what they're doing. That that I would feel comfortable having them give me advice if uh, if I needed that advice. Uh, that that that's um the, those are the the pains that you have along the way to get the eventual gains that you have, and not everybody is is suited for that they are going to be the kind that are going to just have to work for somebody else and that's fine we you need those people as well and they should be rewarded those of you listening to me who are business owners you need to make sure you reward those people who are helping you get your uh, business more successful that doesn't mean they get all the profits that doesn't mean they need to know everything that's going on behind the scenes um, uh, but I think you should reward people. I think the, the biblical approach to that would be to the, the labor is worthy of his hire. And if he's, and if you've got someone that is working well for you, uh, make sure you, you pay them for it. Uh, and Paul and I were just watching this, uh, a Steve Martin skit from years ago, and he was going into his producer, his boss, the owner of the show, and he said, you know, how much I need, I need a raise. Ratings are good. That's, that's, uh, I need more money. And he says, Oh, how much am I paying you? how much did I pay you back then? $5,000 a show. How much are you pay me now? $5,000 a show. So what do you, and how much are you getting for the show is like $12 million. And he says, oh, I can't, I can't uh, renew your contract. So it's, it's like, okay, it's, he's working for somebody else, but he should be paid. And I'm sure he is. That's a skit. <laughs> I'm sure he's getting paid more than that. Uh, but you want to pay somebody that's working for you. That's worthy of their hire. So we're, we'll get to some more thoughts that, uh, that Benjamin Franklin had about uh, time and not wasting your time and not sure uh, not being idle and those kind of things we'll be right back <music> virtually every financial services firm talks about financial and investment planning based on your goals At Ronald Blue Trust, we can help you define your goals, and we'll do that from your personal cash flow to your income tax to your state and investments to help ensure that your decisions really do reflect your values. We incorporate biblical principles into our comprehensive financial planning approach. Our goal is to help you clarify your decision making and focus on leaving a legacy of financial, social, and spiritual capital. And whether we realize it or not, the decisions we make in life reflect our values and our priorities. Decisions we make today can have lifetime implications. There are rarely independent decisions. A comprehensive financial plan includes things like planning for short-term cash needs, long-term retirement, proactively minimizing debt, continually evaluating the tax consequences of your decisions, funding your child's or grandchild's education, and determining your insurance needs. No financial plan, however, is worth doing unless you actually implement your plan. Our process takes you directly from goal setting to the implementation. I think, we think, there's a good chance your financial stress level will improve when you understand how all of the components of your financial life integrate with each other and how to adjust over time. So we can guide you through a detailed plan towards sound financial decisions, wise stewardship, and a roadmap to your desired destination, a life well spent. For more information, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville or call 1-800-588-7526. Once again, the number is one 800 588-7526. Now back to more of Talking Money. You're listening to Mike Miller. This is Talking Money. What's about uh, 25 minutes before the hour. So glad you're with us today. We're talking about Ben Franklin's way to wealth and how much uh, it really applies to even us today, even though it was written back in uh, 1778, 58, or whatever it was, uh, I can I actually have it here. The replay that I've got was uh, 1986. 1758 is when. Uh, so I was right. 1758 uh, is when it was first uh, published. So it goes back a little ways. And amazing how accurate it is today. So before the but before the break, we were talking about how the um, you have to be careful about your time, making sure that the, the, your business doesn't drive you, that you drive the business uh there's no gains without pains and i uh and i i really think um not only do some young people not realize that they want everything their their parents have or other people that they see have some of the material goods of this world without having to pay their dues essentially over time but i think it also can relate to investments um the the investments that Provide the most gain, typically have the most pain. And we can feel that these uh, last several months as we see the stock market uh, doing its thing and being very volatile and, and giving back gains that it made last year, which is very typical. And so there's, there's pain in that. Uh, but the, the gain comes for those who hold on to those investments or even buy more of them uh, when those investments uh, rebound. And they always have, this may be the time that they don't, but they always have rebounded. Uh, There's never been a time, and I I still remember challenging people back in 2008, we were going through the Great Recession, and it was later in that year, we were on Talking Money, and I was asking people, so said, well, somebody call in, please, and tell me the last time the stock market went down like this, that it didn't go up higher than where it was when it started to go down. And of course, nobody would call in because there is no such time. And the same thing, I think, applies now. Now, this could be the one time in history that's different. I don't think so. I think the basic uh, economy and the companies in the, in the U.S. are still strong. And so that that's going to, that they will come back. Uh, we just need to get, um, some, some better leadership, I think, that, uh, can keep us from having all the, the backlash that comes, the ramifications, negative ramifications that come from the high energy prices. Which uh, seem to be so unnecessary. And that's the part that that uh, disturbs me the most. Is when it's so unnecessary that that's happening. And we're still going through that, but that's the 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 pain you're enduring to get the eventual gain. Of course, buying energy stock can help you do that. If you're investing in the S and P 500, you're investing at least some in energy stocks. Uh, so I've heard some analysts talking about, well, yeah, just buy more energy stocks, and then those energy companies uh, would do well as as. Energy costs go up and you help make up for it. Anyway, I digress a little bit from uh, the, the topic at hand. So the next statement that uh, Ben Franklin says, it says, if we are industrious, we shall never starve. So I, I know people that, that go hungry, um, but a lot of times they're not industrious, but some do want to be industrious and can't. So I'm not sure that's as good of a blanket statement that would apply apply to, to everybody, but I think the basic concept applies, that if you are industrious, that if you are industrious, then uh, you'll, you'll probably not starve. You're going to work hard, and somebody's going to recognize that industry that you have the, or that effort that you put forth that Ben Franklin always calls industry, uh, and, and you'll be fine. Because next line, he says, diligence is the mother of good luck, and God gives all things to industry or to effort. And it re- reminded me, uh, of course, I enjoy playing golf, and I think it was Jack Nicklaus who was being interviewed by uh, a reporter or maybe a fan who just said how, because he had just made several uh, great birdies in a row and several great things that had just happened to him. And the, and the person just said, wow, you are really lucky. And Jack Nicklaus's response was, yep, the more I practice, the luckier I get. And so, and, and that applies to a lot of different things. If you, it, it looks like, luck, but it could be from what you did not see that this person was doing all those years uh, behind the scenes, getting ready for that. And all of a sudden they become successful and they think, wow, they are sure lucky. I wish I had their kind of luck. Well, it didn't come from luck. It came from a lot of hard work that uh, was all behind that. Now, some people do get theirs by luck. They inherited it. Uh, and in and, and the times I've seen it, when somebody doesn't earn it and they inherit something like that, that it ends up going to their head, and they're oftentimes a, a very um, cocky kind of person, where they they just they're just annoying to be around because they act like they're the end all. When they didn't even earn the money themselves, they, it was given to them, and so their attitude just is can be completely different. And it's a refreshing uh, breath of fresh air when you come across somebody who did inherit the money that really appreciates it and and had the the stewardship mindset to preserve it and to grow it, not just to be entitled by it. And I think that's important. So anyway, diligence is the mother of good luck and God gave all things to industry, to effort. Uh, Then he says, never leave that till tomorrow what you can do today. Another Ben Franklin uh, quote there. So that means you just keep working all today and and you never finish because you didn't get everything done, right? No, I don't think that's the point. Uh, It says what you can do today. So if you're, you're able to do it today, you don't just say, well, I, I'll just put that off to tomorrow, even though you have the time and you could get it done. I want to make sure I have something to do tomorrow, too, so I just won't do that today, and I'll and I'll do it tomorrow. No, that's that's uh, not what you should do. Uh, and and there again, I think the Bible would would uh, certainly uh, apply to that as well, saying, "Hey, you um you need to do what you're supposed to be doing." Uh, the next one, and, and this is an interesting one. So be ashamed to catch yourself idle. When there's so much to do for yourself, your family, your country, and of course he adds and your king, which he had then, handle your tools without mittens. Remember that the cat in gloves catches not mice. (laughs) Poor Richard. So if you if you're wearing gloves, you, you you can't grip things. You know you can't grab things as well. You might you might keep your hands warmer, but you can't do much with it. So don't restrict yourself that way. Make sure if you, you don't have, you, of course we have good gloves these days, but handle your tools, get get what you want. So you get more done, you'll be more efficient and you won't uh, catch yourself idle when there's so much to be done for your family and yourself. And I know a, a lot of men I've heard over the years that say that they've worked the extra hours. And there's been a number of movies about this, that I, I work all these extra hours even though I don't see my family, I'm doing it for my family. Well, you know, your family would like to see you every now and then too, not, not, not just, uh, get the money from it. And there's some great movies out there that, that really portray that well, that you've got to be so careful that you don't, um, work so much, um, that you, um, forego your family and then you end up losing the family. Maybe you have a great business, but you lose your family. And that's, uh, to me, just not worth it. So because of. All this thought about, I I should be more diligent. I should be more industrious. Uh, There's no gains without my pains. I should do all this stuff. So he says, uh, must a man afford himself no leisure? Since you are not sure of a minute, do not throw away an hour. And then the, the real great point here we'll do before the break. A life of leisure and a life of laziness are two things. Now, I, th- I think even in a life of leisure, you'd have to be careful a bit because if that's all you do, I remember even Ron Blue talked about this when he retired and he went to Hilton Head. Man, when he was down there, that uh, the group that he was in and the uh, golf club he played at, that's all the, the, everything that these men talked about was what can they do next to have fun? And that's all they did every day. We're going to play golf today. We're going to do this t- tomorrow. We're going to do all these different things. And after just a few years, he said, this is just not me. I'm not living my life just to uh, see how I can have pleasure for myself today. What can I do that's going to have fun, that's going to entertain me, uh, as opposed to doing something worthwhile? And I guess a lot of uh, people, once they've had a a full life of work and feel like they've already uh, made their contribution to society, it's time for them just to live it up for themselves. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's, it's leisure is great, but don't, don't be lazy. So there are two different things uh, to be, have leisure or to just be lazy. And we don't want you to be lazy. All right. So we get back, I'm going to uh, mention a few things at the top of the hour. We talked about uh, taxes. I got a few things to talk about taxes. Then we'll, we'll, um, from the, from a run of blue material, and then we'll talk about, uh, savings and things like that. And then, um, We'll wrap up today's show, then we'll continue with some of these same thoughts uh, next week with some of Ben Franklin's The Way to Wealth. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the last segment of Talking Money. Toronto Blue Trust is a Tennessee-chartered public trust company. We can serve as trustee, backup trustee, personal representative, or what we call PR these days, or the guardian or conservator of your state. Now, it's very important that you appoint someone you trust, who really knows you and your financial situation. I think it's important to have the confidence you need to feel comfortable knowing that your estate and trust plan is carried out to reflect your goals and objectives and the plan reflects your values. Ronald Blue Trust Solutions include assistance with managing trust assets, settling your estate, and even helping with a special needs beneficiary. Those of you listening who have been the beneficiary of a trust know how important it is to choose the right person or institution to help navigate the duties as administrator of the estate or trust it's not unusual for someone to name family members or even close friends as trustee of their personal trust you need to be as certain as you can be that this responsibility is not going to weigh too heavy on them or their family especially at this already difficult time if you are dealing with challenging family dynamics or complicated family structures or perhaps your beneficiaries will need help managing their finances and i don't mean just the investments but overall cash flow tax planning and more or if you have some very specific wishes that you want to be sure are carried out at your death, or maybe you have a current trustee relationship, but you're unhappy with the fees or the relationship, give me a call. It's worth at least a conversation. This is Mike Miller. Call me at 800-588-7526, or send an email to mike.miller at ronblue.com. That's 800-588-7526. I look forward to speaking with you. Now back to Talking Money. You're listening to Mike Miller. This is Talking Money. We have about 10 minutes left in the in the in the program today. i would love to hear your comments. Send those to Mike at talkingmoneyradio.com or go to talkingmoneyradio.com and then click on the ask Mike a question. We'd love to um love to answer your questions, love to to speak with you and see if we can be of help. To uh, help you be a good steward, help you uh, minimize taxes, and and do all the other things that we do as uh, financial advisors that uh, work on your behalf as fiduciaries. Uh, I talked about taxes at the top of the hour, and talked about mentioned some things that Ben Franklin had said in his way to the way to wealth, and uh, and that taxes are the the, so the father Abraham he says was asked about taxes and this is aren't we getting ruined by taxes and of course we can all relate to that uh, now Uh, but then the issue was yeah but we are taxed twice as much by our idleness three times as much by our pride and four times as much by our folly and almost made it sound like well tax planning is not important well tax planning is important but it is it's not bad to pay taxes some people just can't so much can't stand to pay taxes but you've got to remember uh, this is something I heard Ron Blue say years ago, decades ago, probably, said, uh, said well, the the nice thing about paying taxes, it means you're making money. If you're not making any money, you're not paying any taxes. So you can complain about more taxes that you're paying. And certainly, yes, we want to reduce them as much as possible. But it means you're making money. And that's better than not having to pay taxes and not making money. And there a lot of people talk about, uh, especially on the more liberal side, that all these rich people aren't paying any taxes. Well, it's unlikely that they're not paying any taxes. Uh, they may be deferring some taxes and, and they may be making uh, the kind of income that's capital gain type income instead of ordinary income, which is taxed at a higher rate because uh, they're not working. They're they're investing and so forth. Uh, that's a whole different story, but they're creating jobs. And that's the important thing is you don't want to tax people like that so much that they're not creating jobs anymore because that helps everybody. But there's a verse that uh, we have that we use uh, the, the scripture talks about in Romans 13, 7, render to all what is due them, tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom is, uh, fear to whom fear, and so forth. So there's a lot of scriptural basis for saying, no, you pay taxes that are due, that that go to the government. It's not an illegal thing, not an unscriptural thing to pay taxes. No, you pay taxes. The federal, state, even Social Security and Medicare attacks um, and at least you feel like you get some benefit th- from that eventually. And some people still are confused about uh, the Social Security tax and the Social Security um, wages that they have to pay tax on, and say, "Wow, I'm just I'm i never going to get all my money back, or you know, what's what's happened to all that money?" Realize not realizing or not remembering that it's it's more of an ad, go as you uh, pay as you go system. So money that's being paid in the Social Security system now is being paid out for people who are recipients. So the younger people who are working are paying it to the people who are not working. And when they were working, they were paying in for people who were not, who are already retired then. So it's it's like we're paying our dues, I guess, all over again. Um, so we're gonna get into some more of that as we talked about the five uses of money, giving taxes, debt, uh, living expenses, and savings. There's some more uh, excellent Bible verses that relate to each one of those um, five uses of money. Um, but the next part that Ben Franklin talks about is savings. Uh, and, and there again, it's interesting how we can go back several hundred years and, and this stuff still applies. So a man may, he says, if he knows not how to save as he gets, keep his nose all his life to the grindstone and die not worth a groat at last. If you would be wealthy, think of saving as well as of getting. And something that uh, that I've said often, it's uh, all over the Ronald Blue Trust uh, websites, but something that even before I was into the uh, Ronald Blue Trust uh, team, it's like people would ask me, well, what is, the, what is the one, if you had to have just one piece of advice that you could give somebody, and that's the only piece of advice you could give them, what would it be? And I would always say, spend less than you make, and do it for a long period of time. If people would just do that one thing, there'd be a whole lot less trouble in the financial area than there than there is now. So in the same thing that he essentially he was saying, if you would be wealthy, think of saving as well as of getting. And and people sometimes they have they say they have savings accounts, but what the savings account I think is really a deferred spending account. It's not an investment account. It's not a retirement account. It's just deferred spending account. Yes, they're saving money in the credit union. Every time they get a paycheck, uh, automatically deducted, so much goes to the credit union. And this, yes, they save all that money. Say, yep, I got a savings account, but then every three months, every six months, every year, whatever it is, uh, they find something else that they quote unquote need. It's probably something just they want and then they buy it and the savings goes down and then it, it gradually, um, goes back up again. Now there's nothing wrong with having a deferred spending account. You really should have a deferred spending account, but just don't confuse that with your savings account. It is two different things. The savings or the investing for longer term goals is something completely different. And you need to make sure in your own mind that you are uh, keeping them segregated so that you make sure that you're always spending less than you make. Next comment he makes, women and wine, game and deceit, make the wealth small, and the want, great. Isn't that cool? Women and wine and game and deceit make the wealth small and the want, great. So, uh, apparently, and even back then, he was thinking the more you have participation in the game and deceit and that it would, what he calls women and wine, uh, that, that the more you want that. And so, of course, you end up... Um, Spending more money on it. I think the same applies with gambling. I mean, Phil Mickelson looks like he's a great example of that, a negative example of that, uh, talking and it's been publicized and published about, I think it was 50 million in debts. Last I saw he's on, um, for, um, for gambling debts that he had. And now he's going over to this new, uh, golf association that the, the Saudi, uh, have put the Saudis have put together and they're just throwing out these big bucks to get these um some of these bigger name players to play for them. And uh, of course he jumped at that chance cause he needed to get the money. He wouldn't think the Mickelson needed any money, but uh you know, when you, when you wasted away, things like that. And it's like, it can't help it anymore. I've heard of a lot of people that, that get into that. Uh, it's the sports gambling, but they get into that and they just can't, you know, next time I'll win big or the, the time after that, I'll win big or whatever. And you end up, and you end up uh, not doing the things that you should be doing and you get caught spending money on all these other things that uh, really are of no real consequence as uh, it relates to a real lifestyle and being a good steward. And I think coming back to the same thing I've mentioned over time, whose money is it? All the assets that you have, your assets, your money, your retirement accounts, whatever, whose money is it? I mean, you didn't have anything when you came in. You're not going to take anything with you. You know, God owns it all. He, whether you admit it or not, And whether you're even a a Christian and believer or not, it doesn't matter. God still owns it. Uh, And and if you have that mindset where you're supposed to be a steward of this money, it's not yours to do however you want. It's yours to do what you feel like is the right thing to do with that money and be a good steward of the person who owns it, which is God, who owns that money. That doesn't mean you give it all away. We're not talking about that. That doesn't mean you never buy a nice car. We've talked about these things before. But it's, it's the attitude that, that somebody has about money. Cause I've seen people who have felt like they were a good steward and their attitude was terrible about it because they were, they're really very proud very proud. I'm really proud of how, how much of a good steward I am. Well, that's kind of defeats the purpose for, as far as I'm concerned for stuff like that. So, um, so next week we're going to talk some, some more about savings. Then I'll we'll talk some about living expenses. And then we're gonna get uh drilled down into debt, so we're gonna start meddling next week <laughs> just not just preaching um and and talking about gains being temporary and uh, and I also wanna talk some more. About just a financial planning in general and some things you need to be thinking of to be the good steward that you, that you need to be and should be and should want to be as it relates to, um, your money and how you spend it and what you spend money on. So when we get to those five uses of money again. We're talking about giving taxes, debt, living expenses and savings. Uh, there's some great biblical principles here as, as well, but you have to start with your income. You have to have some kind of income, which can be your earned income. It can be your uh, the interest and dividends that you're not reinvesting. Gifts and other income, that's where your income's coming in. And there's only those five places, broad categories, that uh, you would have to where you're uh, spending that money. But we want to answer your questions too. So if you've got a question you'd like me to address next week, send me a question to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. Just a simple email, Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com or you go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com and click on Ask Mike a Question. And when you're in there, of course, you can ask whatever you like and we'll catch it up as at a, at a, at a future program. Or give me a call, 800-588-7526 if you'd like to speak more about your own personal situation. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week again for the next Talking Money.